And we're back for another episode of Startup Hustle, a podcast for entrepreneurs by entrepreneurs. If you want to start, own, or build a business, then you're in the right place. We bring you the real truth about what it's like to take something from concept to launch, from growth, innovation, experience, failing, or winning big, we've got you covered. So let's get down to business with another episode of Startup Hustle, brought to you by Fullscale.io. And we're back, back for another episode of Startup Hustle. Matt DeCourcy here to have another conversation I'm hoping helps your business grow. Hey, let's be all about business. Business, business, business. So many people are like that and they kind of avoid or don't really think about or embrace the personal approach to business, which is exactly what we're going to talk about on today's episode of Startup Hustle, which is powered by Fullscale.io, where hiring software develop hiring software developers is difficult and Fullscale can help you build a software team quickly and affordably and has the platform to help you manage that team. Visit Fullscale.io to learn more. If you're not aware, that's my company. We love talking to Startup Hustle listeners. So make sure to reach out and you find a link to Fullscale.io in the show notes. With me today, I've got Ralph Hess and Ralph is the Executive Vice President of sales and marketing at Navigator Business Solutions, straight out of Pleasant Grove, Utah. Ralph, welcome to Startup Hustle. Hey, Matt. Good morning. Thanks so much for having me. I'm really looking forward to this. Yeah, well, let's go ahead and get our conversation started with a little bit about your backstory. Sure, absolutely. So although I occupy a big title here at Navigator, right, the executive vice president role, um, I've always taken a very personal approach to sales, marketing, and, and consulting around software. Face it, software can be pretty dry, right? So throughout the course of my career, I've always tried to maintain good relations, establish and maintain good relationships where you really position yourself as a trusted advisor. And it frankly makes interesting uh, business a lot more interesting to, uh, to work through. You, know, you talk about the personal approach to business. I mean, what are a couple of things that when you think of the, you know, the personal approach, um, well, I mean, wh where do we start there? Yeah, what, when we're talking to customers, in my team, myself, and, and the way that I like to go to the market is really understanding that we're never going to sell a customer software, right? We're going to help them purchase software. And in that, then you need to put yourself in their shoes. And, and personally understand their role in the organization and really what the influences are that are going to affect their, their decision-making process. So if you kind of put yourself there where, hey, you're going to have to spend the money, <laughs> right, to, to evaluate what you're, uh, what you're going to buy, um, I think it puts you in better stead, right? You're, you start to develop those relationships. And, and I have friends that I've sold software to 40, not 40 years ago, 30 years ago, that I still stay in touch with. So the personal touch, I think, is is where you gain the best, really the best relationships, the best deals are done with personal relationships, um, and it's just a very satisfying way to, to do business. Yeah, we take that approach at full scale. I mean, we do a lot to, yeah, I kind of, I'm always preaching the solutions-based approach, but, you know, obviously knowing the people that you're doing business with. Now, I think that one of the things when it comes to um, the personal approach is what I like to think about is what can I do to help you generate some peace of mind? 
And yeah. that's a personal thing. You know, mm-hmm. businesses don't have peace of mind. They kind of do, but a bit, you know, the business technically is a business. It doesn't have a mind. It has yeah. the minds that run the business. And I find that if you can figure out really what kind of makes someone's life easier or what helps people find the solutions or, you know, I mean, I, I, a question I ask um, a lot of people that I talk to, and you talk about just like that personal approach is, you know, what's the biggest problem you're trying to solve? And yes, sometimes maybe. I leave it open-ended. Sometimes I say at the business or I just say in life, you know, right? And, right. Um, that kind of yeah, goes same, down. That, yeah. I do the same thing, Matt. I always ask the question, what's your greatest pain points? Right. And, and then I, I don't really ever say in the business, just what's your biggest pain point? Yeah. If you're talking to a CFO, a CTO, um, if you're talking to somebody in accounting, right, what are your pain points? Because if, if you get that, you're going to get both the personal side of the pain point, right? You get the business side, but you're also getting what impact that's having on the person. And so if you solve for one, you can solve for the other one as well. Yeah. And that, you know, that's an exercise in trust building that, that helps. And, you know, I, I have a history as a sales trainer and man, I, you know, that was like a long time ago and yeah. but I carried so many of those lessons into business and, and learned a lot from them. And you know, I mean, the, here's the, here's the basics when it comes to like the personal side of business is people want to do business with people that they like. Um, so there's that part. And I think you want to do business with people that you feel aren't self-serving, you know? Mm -hmm. And I I mean, that's a big thing that, you know, kind of, we'll probably run into some full scale examples today because it's just kind of my working model that I've, that I've got. But, you know, what, you know, with that, you talk about like, um, you know, the whole, like, if I trust you, if I feel like you're going to give me advice, that's good for me, then I'm going to continue to take your advice. But you can ruin that in a split second. With, oh, absolutely. We, yeah. we, we're always believing that you can do 10 good things. If you do one bad thing, it wipes the other 10 away. Right. You know, it's, it's what that's that kind of taste that's left in somebody's mouth that they've, that they've been let down or betrayed in, in some way. Right. Now we're kind of talking and referencing like the business to business side of things too, but there is a personal approach to business inside your own business that as a leader, a CEO or a founder, I think it's important to embrace too. You know, I, Ralph, I'm not sure if you know this, but I've got about 300 employees in the Philippines. And, you know, over the last five years, we've, you know, I have gone over there a lot and Obviously, that dynamic has changed because they don't all come to the same office every day anymore. But, but, you know, at the times when they did, I would, you know, even though it would equate to 16 to 18 hour days while I was there, I would go and talk to every single person that was there. And I remember I'd I'd always get feedback from the leaders on on my way out and say, you know, what what are the employees saying? I want to hear. And, you know, I would get feedback like, they're all just amazed that you came around and talked to them. And my, yeah. the first time I ever heard that, my response was, where the hell have they been working? Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, so. yeah, very much. Yeah, I think that if you ask anybody that uh, has been involved with me or, or worked for me in the past, I'm, I would be considered very high touch, um, very putting people's personal lives, you know, on the front burner. It's not all about business, 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 because I've always had the philosophy if people are happy at home or happy in their life, they're going to be ultra productive um, in the workplace. Yeah. And then now at the same time, you got to draw a line. Yeah. yeah. With some of that though, because, 
you know, that you mentioned the personal life thing. And the thing is, is, you know, you got to have kind of a well-rounded balance of all of that. At the same time, a lot of people's personal lives destroy their, their, yeah. per, their professional or, or business life for, you know, and that comes in a whole lot. Of, there's a lot to unpack there. I mean, there's oh, a whole sure lot is. of, yeah, yeah. Sure is. yeah, yeah. It's always, it's always about the balance in everything you do because, you need to get your job done too. We're not we're not uh, paying people or compensating people for success in their personal life. We're compensating them for success in their in their business life. And taking care of one oftentimes helps take care of the other, but one can't overshadow the other. Yeah, and you know, you mentioned that um, th- that kind of that back to that personal approach that leads to a bit of a customized experience, both for an employee or as a client and a prospect. And you know, so we work with you know. 60 different technology companies. And I'll tell you what, our clients are, are all very much like snowflakes in the regard that they, they are very different. They have different sets of resources, leadership, team members, approaches, products, and stuff like that. And I mean, it really is that customized experience that will lead to uh, a better, uh, you know, business to client relationship. And then internally, you know, one of the things, so in 2022 is supposedly the year of the great resignation, but that wasn't the case at full scale. And we had a 93% employee retention rate. And uh, we attribute a lot of that towards that. When we say customized experience, I don't know if it's truly customized, but we spend a lot, we put a lot of emphasis on lining our so we we help people do staff augmentation essentially is a short short way to say that but if you line people if you get people doing things that they're passionate about and those are the services that you're providing either for a client or they're doing it internally you're going to get this exponentially greater output because overall if we like what we're doing and it, that and there is some customization in that regard because oh, sure, how can we that. structure a role around what you're great at if there is a role to be had for that you know but if you can get that lined up and you know whether that's your your own employees or the services you're providing for clients then i mean we have a, a, a minimal churn rate with clients and the same thing so, so there's a lot to be said there so that customization and, you know, like that is a, is a personal approach in many ways. Like, you know, a lot of, a lot of employers, you're a checkbox mm-hmm. and, you know, it's like checked or unchecked. And well, you're a project manager. Oh, you're a, uh, you know, application architect. You're this, you're that. Right. But you're right. Finding, finding things that are interesting to people that fulfill them is, is really a, you call it a customizing experience, but again, it's that high personal touch. I'll give you the example of that. Navigator Business Solutions has a really strong um, presence in startup life science organizations. And so you would think that a startup life science organization that has a bunch of, of uh, equity or capital in, injected into it, everybody, everybody would be kind of on the same path, right? Um, and there is some commonality to what they need to be doing with technology. Um, but what's really fantastic is allowing our employees to have exposure to vaccine development companies, to gene therapy companies, to contract drug designing companies. And so what we found is we, like you, we have very little churn in our staff and very little churn in our customers because everybody really has a common sense of mission and interest in in helping that that industry move forward. 
So it's been, it's just been great. The last two or three years, we've really coalesced around that industry and it's been just a great success for our, our customers and our employees. Yeah. And, you know, all right. So there's a lot of talk uh, has been over the years and months of, of, you know, how do you build a community? And that once again is going to apply to people within your company and, uh, and as well as your customers and that, you know, that personalizing that approach and, and customizing that approach leads to happier people that are more passionate about talking about what you're doing. There is this strength in branding that comes when you have a strong client or user community and the same thing with employees. And, you know, our biggest recruitment tool is our own employee base. And because they're happy, they foster that sense of community. They do a lot of things together. It makes them feel good about talking about the brand. Like right now, one of the things that we're going through is we went through this roller coaster of, Hey, we all come to work. Okay. Now we don't go to work. Now we're going to go to work a little bit. And, you know, one of the things that you talk about getting that personal, that personal approach to business. Now, I doubt you run into this where you live in Utah and I don't run into this in my hometown of Kansas City because it doesn't take me two hours to get to work. Right. Exactly. In a lot of places in the Philippines, it would. And, you know, so so that was you talk about that personalized approach. We've done a lot of things uh, internally to get to know and understand um, the, the situation that our employees are in. And one of the things that we did before the pandemic, because we were just trying to be aware of this, was how long does it take people to get to work? Yeah, because and, that becomes the, the extent of their workday, right? That's They don't yeah. see their time at the office as being their workday. Oh, yeah. It's the time they spend commuting tacked on top of that. Yeah, which makes it a 12-hour day. Like two hours, one direction is yeah. insane. And, and, you know, think about that, right? It's the least satisfying part of their day. So they're starting their day not satisfied. They're ending their day not satisfied. So you got to find one of two things there. You got to find a way to either lessen that that commute or make it shorter or do something or to be able to stack something on top of that. That like, you know, it, all right. So we don't have subways and rail cars in Kansas City. We're not that fancy. Um, yeah. But, you know, there, if you if you're up in New York and, you know, a lot of people ride the, the subway from the city to Connecticut. That's and you right. see people, you know, there's people on those on those cars working away, you know, with oh, a yeah, laptop absolutely. in their lap. And you could find some ways to do that. Not as possible in a lot of the places that we ran into in the Philippines. So when the pandemic hit. You know, we had our biggest our biggest request prior to that was, could we get some more work from home? Our business model wasn't really set up like yeah. that. And for mm-hmm. that, um, when the pandemic came, oh, man, uh, to say that I was nervous about our productivity is a bit of an understatement, but it shot up. Yeah. Because you talk about giving someone four hours of their day back and you talk about this customized experience, you know, someone that has this massive commute to and from first off, that's probably not going to lead to longevity in career. Like, you know, like if I can find the job that I don't need four hours of commuting for, I'll probably go with that. And then the one I need to, and I'll take, and I'll take a little bit less because that's just easier on my wife. Right. I mean, yeah. 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 And you, but, but with that personalized approach, you also have the empathetic approach that helps you put yourself in other people's shoes. So, you know, here's the reality. I'm, I'm a super realist. I've written three books, Ralph, and two of them have the word realist in the title. (laughs) So I'm kind of like, Hey, you have your reality, but so here's the, here's the situation. So you're 
a nine to five employee, you come in, you barely get there. If you even get there on time because a two hour commute, man, there's a lot of, there's a lot of a one hour commute. Yeah. There's a lot of things that could go weird in there. And then if you also have, now you get a little deeper, oh, wow, you're not driving in your own vehicle. You're taking a bus or other form of tra- public transportation. You are out the door at 5.00 on the dot because you got to yeah. catch that ride. Exactly. Yeah. So, you know, you start to get into understanding how this goes. And like I said, that that approach helped us understand a lot of things. It helped us improve our productivity um, when it came to the service we provided. It clearly resulted in a much higher uh, and a happier employee because, you know, here in the U.S. in 2020 was a bloodbath when it came to people quitting. You know, no, like yeah, a, sure th- a third of a third of employed people change jobs. Yeah, that's wild, man. I, I mean, it think is. about that. That is that basically makes us a transient professional well, community in the U.S. Because yeah, everyone's think in how many the process. Left, of, yeah. Right. You think of people who just said, ah, "That's enough. I'm done." Right. Yeah. And there was a there's a rush to fill in all that experience that's left. That that's you know exited. Yeah, because they're back to that personal approach. The personal reality is, okay, look, I don't care who you are. You're not doing your best job on the way out the door, and you're not doing your best job on your first day in the door. Yeah, exactly. And that's where and that transient stuff. Month, yeah, I'll give you a month's notice. I generally say I'll pay you for a month. <laughs> I, I do that. I do that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. It, it's I don't well, I don't like The Walking Dead. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it also can become toxic in the organization as well, right? So you got to you got to really understand the uh what's going on in your organization to be able to to navigate those waters properly. That's tough to do, man, and I think a lot of people aren't really wired to do that. There's some people that are just a bit aloof when it comes to understanding things. Yeah. So it's back to uh hey, it's back to reality, right? What is the reality? I'll tell you what about reality. If you're trying to find expert software developers, that doesn't have to be difficult, especially when you visit fullscale.io, where you can build a software team quickly and affordably, use the Fullscale platform to define your technical needs and then see what available developers, testers, and leaders are ready to join your team. Visit fullscale.io to learn more. There's a link for that in the show notes. There's also a link to Navigator Business Solutions, which is nbs-us.com. Don't even bother typing that in. Just scroll down to the show notes and give it a click. It'll have it'll help you get a better grasp on what Ralph does at his business. And I'm looking at your site right now. Ralph, what's the problem you solve? The problem that we solve for people is really bringing all the pieces of the puzzle together from a an ERP perspective. So for those listeners who may not know what ERP is, it's uh, Enterprise Resource Planning. Consider it the software that you use to run your business. And so most companies will have two or three different sets of software applications that they're running, maybe one for sales and CRM, the other for financial reporting, which is commonly known as Excel, and then they'll have a finance system as well. So what we do is put the pieces of those different applications together on one platform provided through SAP uh, on the cloud. So it's basically cloud-based business management solutions that we make, let's call it uh, consumable by your, your small to mid-sized organizations. I just want to say thanks for defining ERP. I usually make people stop and define acronyms <laughs> and I, you didn't make me have to do that. So that's, 
That's I'm a good working thing. in an industry full of acronyms, Matt, as you know. Uh, dude, we did it a long, long time ago. We did an acronyms episode that was just defining a lot of it. And yeah, yeah, I, I, that's where I learned what ATM stands for. Like I thought it was anytime money. Yeah, that's what my kids automatic think. teller machine. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's a whole list of them. So yeah. Um, all right. So you talk about with the personal approach to business, and um, you know uh, what's more personal than asking AI? <laughs> but we did. So Chat Chat GPT has been such a, a uh, uh, an extension of our personal work. Maybe nah. Yeah, but there was a couple know. things. I don't know. It, it, hey, I'll tell you what, it comes up with some really good, good answers um, on that list, uh, which I, I can't, I can't deny uh, taking that personal approach to business is going to equate to better customer loyalty. So you talk about providing individualized attention and building strong connections with your customers, that personal approach can increase that customer loyalty. You know, the, the, the thing that's important about that is it's so much cheaper to keep the clients and customers you have than it is to go find new ones. So, yeah. And that's always been the rule, right? It's uh 10% more or 10 times more expensive to find a new customer than keep a new, keep an existing one. So it's really, it's important. And again, it, it all comes back to that, that personal approach, having that customer believe that you have their best interests in mind as you're conducting your business. So, and I'm, I'm curious because I, we, we mentioned chat GPT. So I'm going to, I was going to ask it, how, how do you know when your business approach isn't personal, personalized? Um, so, and what does it come back with? Well, you know, so first off, a number of podcasts that have a lot of, uh, prognication on, uh, chat BT and where it's going and, uh, how fast it's getting there and. Oh, it gave me plenty of data. And like I said, it's uh, it's a couple, you know, I'm always looking for when I use GPT, I'm, I'm looking for it. It's got great points here. So uh, lack of customer engagement. I mean, yes. that'll tell you. Yeah. People yeah. don't, people don't engage and interact and comment and share. Well, they will share when you do a shitty job. I know that much. That's um, a given. That is a given. That goes yeah, back to that, that. that one bad thing will wipe out ten good, right? It's uh, yeah, if not more than ten. Yeah, because uh, I find it's about one and about a hundred, if not more, will actually stop and say something good. Um, you'll you're much more likely to have people say terrible things about you in a hurry. Yeah. Um, That's yeah. what I do when I'm uh, looking for a restaurant and I look at the Yelp reviews. I always keep in mind that people are loudest when they're complaining. Not necessarily sure. when they're uh, when they're congratulating. Can't argue with the next point: low conversion rates. Absolutely. So some of this you talk about, and I've been I've been harping on this, and I published some either Instagram or Facebook reels about this. But you know when it the you know when you're talking about like low conversion rates and the whole like the personalization of things there's this whole world of like automated bot like communication that comes out dear first name yeah <laughs> dear first name last name in fact i often get messages and emails where the bot isn't working correctly and it literally says dear first name dear company name. yeah, yeah. and 
And, you know, that stuff just strikes out with me immediately. If you want to reach out to me and you want to try to do business with me, I'm going to notice that, I mean, because here's the thing, I've written those templates myself. Yeah, I know what I know. I know what those are. CRM systems, right? The sequences and sequence yeah. will fire off on a certain cadence. And yeah, if you're, if you don't construct those properly, you're going to end up with a very impersonal and embarrassing experience. Right. And that's, you know, I'm definitely trying to avoid that when it comes to the personalized approach though, if you really want to get a hold of someone like turn the bot down, you know, like yeah. take five minutes and learn something about me. Like you have, all right. So I'm also the founder of Gigabook and I actually had a guy once create a Gigabook account, set it up and customize a booking widget and then send me his booking link on Gigabook and ask me to pick a time to chat with him. And that was a, first off clever, second yeah. off very personalized and yes. three, he got the appointment. Now yeah. I wasn't really buying what he was selling, but I wasn't going to turn that off either. You know, like I was like, no, All right, oh, so we're, we're exactly alike, right? If I find somebody that has a really good angle or has taken the time to do the research and maybe even look up some of our customers and reference our customers in, in their, in their pitch, boy, it makes a big difference. Yeah. And the un impersonal is dear Matt DeCourcy. I have noticed that your company is doing really big things. Yeah. I like doing big things too. Let's do big things together. Maybe we could, you know, and then, you know, that's not the right way to do it, but the, you know, proper outreach should be like, you know, Hey Matt, I'm, I've been listening to the startup hustle podcast and congratulations on the success that you guys have had at full scale as well. Now we're talking, right. Yeah, you know, exactly. or, or, or pick something, you know, like I I'm not in Kansas city, but I like the chiefs, you know, something yeah. like that. And now that's going to feel a lot more personal because I just delete, man, I don't know. I'm personalized stuff. I'm just delete, 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 delete. Oh, yeah. I'll yeah. tear that up. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I do the exact same thing. You, you want to reward people who take the time, right. To make it personal. And that's what I emphasize with my team is don't, don't you dare do outreach without having researched the company on zoom, do your LinkedIn research, even take a look out to Facebook or, or uh, Instagram. See if you can find those people and, and find something out about them as you try to engage. 100%. Okay, so we're still on the, on the five things that GPT told us that would make us not personalized. Um, low customer satisfaction. I mean, that's, that's sure. Oh, Why would they be, yeah. If you're not providing a customized or personalized approach to your solutions, then people aren't like one size does not fit all unless you only make one size. Like unless you are Ford that's making pickup trucks that are any color you want, as long as it's black. Right. You know, and that was the case, you know, many moons ago, but yeah. I mean, as you take a look at that and in, in what we do specifically, the, the sale isn't complete until they go live. Right. And oh, yeah. happy. Because what we're really selling is, is a whole experience. You're, you're selling a customer experience that's facilitated through software. But the reality is we're helping customers run their businesses better. And if we don't understand their business and configure the solution to meet their requirements, you can end up with, uh, with that low customer satisfaction that you're referring to. Which immediately turns into the next point, which was lack of repeat business. Exactly. 
you listen, we're in a subscription-based business, right? Software as a software as a service. So the recurring revenue and what we invest in acquiring our customers and keeping them happy is significant because you that revenue stream just needs to continue on. All right. And you ready for are you ready for number five? I'm ready for number five, Matt. Is limited customer data. So if you get limited customer data, it could be a sign that you're not collecting enough information through your personalized approach because people aren't engaging. They're not interested. True fact. I don't usually just give my info to robots because robots mindlessly use it to annoy me afterward. And uh, yeah, it's not a personalized approach now. Yeah, as you, as you take a look at our sales process, it, it really starts at the beginning with with that engagement, that personal engagement, where we're asking them to engage with us and, and really clear some hurdles, shall we say, in the process. So are you willing to attend a webinar? Are you willing to fill out this form? We'll do it together. Let's do it together so that we can understand more about your business as we're collecting the information. If there's hesitation there, we'll do... I. I I uh, do what I call uh, closing by walking away and say, okay, well, obviously we're not a good fit because we want to have a good fit. This is a long-term relationship. And if you're not willing to invest in our relationship on the front end, it's not likely to get any better as we progress through it. Yeah. And, you know, you talk about that, that info, you know, when, when our customers go to fullscale.io, there's a button that says hire developers. And we, we have also, when you're talking about data, figure out what you really need. And ask the rest later, you know, yeah. so you can, it, it takes some people to do it in like 30 seconds. There's just a, a series of questions. And as I have built out that form and customized that, um, first off, always stripping things away, which, yes. which feels felt foreign to people in the business. Like, well, why aren't we asking this? Cause I don't need that until I know, until we, do we even know that we can help these people with what they need? Knock down those barriers to engagement, right? Oh, yeah. Focus on the engagement and getting good engagement. Then you can find out the facts that you need to understand at a later time. Yeah. And so some of that's just like, you know, some of that's also like you mentioned um, the, well, I, I, there, it, when it comes to sales, there's two four letter words that, um, that I love. And most people that know me, when they hear me discuss four letter words are expecting something that sounds much like the deck of a, of a sailor's ship. Uh, but those two yeah. four letter words are sold and next, yeah. um, you know, cause next is if, you know, I see, I've seen salespeople, business development people and founders and entrepreneurs in general, just waste a heck of a lot of time when it comes to the whole, like, okay, this isn't someone we even want as a client. Why are we spending more time? And that's when you got to say next and you move on down the line. Um, I do think that when it comes to the personal approach to business as well, like it, that you mentioned, it's got to be a good fit. And I go through that with, with our salespeople sometimes, because, you know, the reality is most salespeople just want to make sales, especially when they're commissioned. And, yeah, exactly. And, 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 and if they're not the one that has to deal with the person that they signed up later, oh my, pay attention to those things. Cause I mean, you can end up with a roster of really bad clients. Yeah, and that's what we've really focused in the last five years since I've been in this position. We've really focused on fit and we have walked away from customers and just say, oh, yeah. we don't just walk away, right? But we try to find them somebody else who can help them because you never know when that's going to come back around, right? Do the right thing for people and 
oftentimes it will come back to you with a reference or a referral or just, hey, you know what? These guys were high integrity and didn't just go for the sale. Yeah, I think on some of it, I don't, I, we don't necessarily push them somewhere else because if they're a client that we didn't want, then I'm usually not going to drop them on my peers. In our case, it's more about in, industry. Yeah. Right. So there's probably somebody else who does a better job with. Oh, we did that. Yeah, we did that a gigabook a lot. So in in your case, it would be, hey, I just don't have people who do that kind of development. So let me point you in the right direction. At full scale, it's more long. It's usually about they're not really they're not necessarily ready for what we do because even though you know full scale owns the startup hustle podcast, um, it doesn't mean that we're always about day one startups. And that have that that's the thing because a lot of times those folks that are strapped for resources don't necessarily so they don't have the the understanding systems or processes built in and since we trend towards a, a very senior level of employee right. they don't mm-hmm. really want to come in to try to to, to the magma phases. Uh, yes. They want to see. They want to see a little more, a, a little more hardening of the rock and the foundation there. So, um, so do you have? Uh, do you have any interesting stories or, um, or or experiences around either creating something, doing a great job or a terrible job when it comes to personalization? Oh yeah, there's lots of stories, right? So I think probably. One of our bigger success stories is with a, a company called TriRx Pharmaceuticals. So it's a company that just let me rewind this a little bit. In the life sciences industry, which is a very big industry, right? There's a lot of micro verticals inside of that. SAP owns about 85% of, of that industry in terms of you know the medicine, the companies that are running the large-scale SAP solution. And so we had an opportunity probably oh, three years ago, going on four now, where the customer came to us and said, listen, we absolutely need to have an SAP solution, but it can't cost us a million dollars and we need to have it up and running in 12 weeks. And so we really rolled up our sleeves, went down to Huntsville, Alabama, spent the time with the customer to really understand why. Why do you have to have an SAP solution? Why do you have to be up in 12 weeks? Well, you know, in doing that, we understood some of the personal pressures that that the VP of, of operations was under that was being brought on to him by the investors. And and also we were able to really get personally involved with the solution and help them roll out just the bits and pieces that they needed in that 12 weeks so they could chalk up a win. Right. So we're helping the business win. We're helping that person win. And from there, we've gone on to uh, five facilities in three different countries with two more countries to come. So uh, that kind of personal approach and the care that we took at the initial stages of the sale and of the implementation really served us well. Um, In terms of horror stories, those are the easy ones to come up with, right? (laughs) Because everybody has one. And it usually comes along the lines of you start the project with one senior leader or sponsor and you have a great relationship with them, and then senior leadership changes in the middle of that project, and then you can't quite connect that same, create that same connection with that new uh, that new leader who wants to put their own thumbprint on the project. So we've had several of those where the the projects were just grueling, 
until we got it over the finish line. And guess what? They weren't super happy because that new senior executive didn't get exactly what they wanted. So that's uh, those are a couple of contrasting uh, experiences. I'll give you an example of just, all right. So once again, uh, hometown here in Kansas City, uh, have a large client base here in Kansas City. And part of the the personalized approach that we went through. So when we launched the company, so FullScale is about five years old. And, uh, you know, here in Kansas City, we have an arena that was called the Sprint Center. It is now mm-hmm. the T-Mobile Center. Yeah. And uh, so we got was a suite. The MCI, was it the MCI Center before that? No, no, no. <laughs> no, it was called Kemper Arena before that. And it well, was a different right. building. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so we, we, uh, leased a suite there for the events and customized it to have full scale on it. And then what we did was we went out into the entrepreneur community and found a couple hundred different founders and entrepreneurs. And actually, rather than being like, how can we sell you something? We asked them, what kind of events do you like? What kind of music do you like? What kind of genres? What kind of performers? What kind of teams? Do you like this? Do you like that? And we cataloged a heck of a lot of stuff. And I created an event that I, that I and I'm positive I invented the name on this because I was the first person to ever have a hashtag with this. There you go. Sweet <laughs> and greet. So what we did is I had this, per, so I, I, before I was an officially an entrepreneur, I worked in the music industry for a while. And then I was a ticket broker after that. That was part of it. But I learned to truly experience the, or I learned to value and appreciate the power of a good experience. So by understanding what people were into and what they liked and what genres they liked, and then we created, so the suite was small. You could fit 16 people in it. Usually me me and my wife would come down or me and another employee. And so you make it really personal. If you know someone that is like a huge Luke Bryan country music fan, right? And now you invite them. And now here's the reality, because I understand entrepreneurs as being one, I know that we are sometimes a little disconnected from the things in our personal life that we should pay more attention to. And that can, that can build and harbor resentment in the yes. people that don't work at the business. So <laughs> but what makes that feel a lot better is when you could take your wife, your partner, maybe you're an employee, someone like that to something cool, right? Yeah. This was a great experience and it was very personalized. Now with that, when they got there, we didn't try to sell them something. That was, a, it was intentionally non-solicitive. Now, sure. Do we have conversations about that? Absolutely. But it wasn't like, hey, come in, fill out this form, wear this name tag. Yeah. No, yeah. absolutely none of that. It was like, hey, come in. And now you're in. So entrepreneurs, investors, and influencers. That was our, that was the requirement for the invite. We always gave someone a plus one. So they right. could bring someone else. Who do you want me to bring? You bring whoever you want, man. Yeah, it's your absolutely. Yeah. Right. You come down and they meet other like-minded people that were there in the community. And oh my God. So we did that for four years. I went to 200 events <laughs> in four years, dude. And that's a lot. Now we're doing it a different way. We have Kansas city Royals tickets this year. Mm-hmm. We kind of came out of that sweet lease and I am much lighter on my hearing ability. Yeah. Um, after all those, those, after, yeah. those shows, yeah. Yeah. concerts, uh, yeah, is, is a real, 
But dude, I, I even yesterday, so I was at the, I went to the Royals game. I actually went with my family yesterday, but I saw someone that uh, was, you know, I saw someone in the section we're at that we know that's a, a very active in the startup community. And I went and sat down with him and he was there with his wife and he's like, Hey man, do you remember Matt? He took us to the Elton John show in t- like 2019. Boom. Boom. It's what we call relationship. That is it right Right. there. You've built up up what we refer to as relationship capital with all those people, right? And and it's capital that you can use to benefit your business, benefit yourself, you know, personally as well. It's great. I I do the same thing. I have, um, you're not going to want to hear this. I'm actually located in Massachusetts. I work for the company out of, uh, so you can imagine the football tickets that I've had for 25 years. So uh, I've, you don't I've want never... to start talking about the Patriots oh, on this no, podcast. We have too many I listeners knew, in Kansas City been... that that are still mad. I, you know, I have I have that love hate with Tom Brady because he's so dreamy, but at the same time, he's made my Super Bowl dreams into nightmares. Yes. Yeah. Well, he made my Super Bowl dreams into Super Bowl dreams. Oh, I bet. Yeah, yeah. that was fun. Well, the Chiefs, you know, are, Chiefs are doing that for me right now, so yeah. I'm not going to go too far <laughs> down that because. I think we've ruined quite a few people's Super Bowl dreams along the way. But yeah. And you know, the, the bad thing is, is before Tom Brady was ruining my Chiefs Super Bowl dreams, I actually lived in Indianapolis and I saw that happen a yeah. few times there. Yeah. So yeah. I felt I felt when I moved back to my hometown, I was like, God, is this SOB just he's following me. Why doesn't Tom he Brady, just- if you're listening, come on the show, let's talk it out. Yeah. There you go. He does a lot of entrepreneur stuff. So yeah, he know. does. He does. He's an yeah. interesting cat for sure. Yeah, we we don't uh, ever let a third guest on, but I'll let Giselle in. I'll break that rule if both yeah, of them are going to come. Yeah, I'd be. Uh, I'd watch. Yeah, <laughs> I like it. Well, well, watch the podcast that we rarely publish video clips out of, but. That would be the uh, first time, right? That would dude, be that's how I know when people don't actually, you talk about personalized. So I've written three books. I've had this podcast. There's hundreds of videos of me online and out there and interviews and stuff like that. And people come up and they're like, dude, I'm going to I'm gonna watch your podcast. And I just want to be like, do you know what a podcast is? <laughs> Although I, I got to say there are, it's almost like more people are publishing their videos of their podcasts now than the audio. Yeah, I've done a few and, and the majority of them now do prop, you know, push the yeah. out there. But I'll tell you what, when I'm on my walk or running or on my bike, I'm not watching the podcast video. Yep. Yep. Yeah. You, you mentioned that, that, uh, and you know, I don't want to get too far off track here, but that was one of the reasons we went with the podcast over five years ago. And, you know, we've, coming up on 1100 episodes at the time of this recording right next to that 5 millionth download 194 countries but the uh you don't have to give something up to listen and that's where the video stuff is because like if you you can most people are are listening to podcasts while they're commuting while they're working out or while they're doing chores those are like the big three yeah so yeah and if you have to make someone watch video but yeah but we have begun to pull uh small clips and highlight reels we're gonna gonna, working on uh, essentially making the cliff notes version so stay tuned for that now uh, if you need to hire software engineers testers or leaders full scale can help we have the people to and the platform to help you build and manage a team of experts just go to fullscale.io there's a link for that in the show notes there's also a link to ralph's company down there and that's nbs-us.com that's navigator business solutions 
when you use the full-scale platform, it'll help you uh, define your technical needs and see what avail available testers, developers, and leaders are ready to join your team. Fullscale.io to learn more. That only that takes less than two minutes. If it takes you longer than two minutes to fill out the form that matches you up with people, you're doing something wrong. Just being honest. So, all right, here we are at the end of an episode. Uh, you know, I, I, I often, I, I like to wrap up the episode. When I, I normally do the founders freestyle if I'm talking to a founder, but with that, um, we can just do a general wrap up. What are some of the highlights you, you got from today's conversation? I think there's just a lot to be learned from, from all the experiences you, you can achieve by doing personal selling, right? You're, you can keep your employees satisfied. You can keep your customers happy. And frankly, as a leader, it's much more fulfilling. I mean, that's really what I what I take away from our conversation today. Yeah, I think much like personalizing things for business, um, you have to look at your business itself. Now, there are things that, okay, so getting a suite at a local concert venue might not be the right thing for a company that sells a $12 product that true, like you're selling stuff at the kiosk at a mall. That's not the right customer personalization strategy. Like for us, we're, we're a little smaller batch. Like I mentioned earlier, you know, working with about 60 different tech companies. I have the bandwidth to get to know these people and I want to. And uh, remember the, the things that from today's conversation, I want to, I want to remind everyone, it wasn't all just about, don't just focus on the relationship between your business and your prospects or future clients. It's also about the people that are in your own business, because if they're happy, productive, and they're aligned with the things that they're passionate about doing, you're going to get a higher, you get a, a much better downstream everything, everything. And that's going to equate to better personalized solutions. It's going to have better, uh, happy, happy, happier people. And then the company wins with that. And that is that full circle. I uh, talk a lot at full scale about the triple win. Okay, we need a win for our client. We need a win for our employees because our employees show up and work with them every day. And that turns into a win for the company. You get that win, 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 and you're in pretty good shape. Agreed. Agreed. Well, we're all in agreement then. So we're going to end this episode of Start a Puzzle. Thanks for taking the time to chat with me today, Ralph. Oh, Matt, it was a great conversation. Really appreciate it. Best of luck going forward. Thanks. Startup Hustles brought to you by Fullscale.io, helping you build a software team quickly and affordably. Make sure you reach down and hit that subscribe button, then come find us on Instagram. See you next time.